How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. This is DJ. This is Ish. And this is Pero Let Me Tell You. Dale. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, this is episode 5 of Pedro Let Me Tell You. Yeah, tenemos 5 episodios, imagínate. No, no, vaya. We're, 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 we're the Pentagon of podcasts. We're on a roll. <laughs> the Pentagon of podcasts. I kind of like that. I like it. That's our, the, new, that's our new slogan. The Podcast Pents. Ooh. <laughs> that sounds like a, a Little League baseball team. Oh, the Pentapods. The pe- oh, the Pentapods. Yeah. I like it. Now I thought of Tide Pods. Oh, so that don't eat them, people. That didn't end very well. No, don't eat them. So anyway, well, if you've followed us through episode five, thank you very much. Yep. Uh, we really appreciate all the support. And again, we continue to be very humbled by the feedback we've gotten Absolutely. from everyone. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Mucha gracia. Um, mm. And we really appreciate it. Yes. And also would appreciate if you feel free to send croquetas. That's, yes. That's never you you have our out. email address. What, what's our email yeah, address? Yes. Yeah, so our, our email address is betoletmepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, so, yeah, feel free if you want to reach out. I don't know if you can send a virtual croqueta. No, 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 no. They need to send the real thing. I feel like virtual croqueta is like one of the bacalao. And please send the jamon ones. Please don't send the, the, the bacalao. fish. Bacalao ones. Nobody eats that Nobody anyway. Nobody codfish shit. Nobody Actually, <laughs> Rick had one the other day. Oh. <laughs> we went over here to this place. That's yeah. like, you know, the pastelitos, like... Patelito de coco. I love patelito, I like de, patelito coco. de coco. I love patelito. I love coconut. So I love. Or coconut. or when you open up the patelito box and you know people have already had some. Yeah. And there's a few left over and it's like all the ones left over some de carne. It's that's like so upsetting. Oh. It's like that's not a patelito. No. Patelito is guava or cheese or a combination thereof. Right. Or coconut. Okay, fine, coconut. Fine. It's it's, fr- it's fruity. It's sweet. Um, so, kind of just diving right in. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I know we had this a very solemn, and as you can tell by the start of this episode, not solemn um, episode talking about what had happened up in Parkland, the unfortunate tragedy with regard to the shooting, and not that we want to continue to just kind of you know delve and and, and harp on those topics, but there has been uh, some degree of development since that time yeah um there continues to be yeah and and so we just kind of wanted to touch base on it however briefly or not Mm -hmm. because again we discussed it i think it's only fair to to follow up on on any topic that we bring up yeah and people are certainly still discussing it out there so it's not going anywhere you know every time i feel that these shootings happen um you know people always ask well what now Mm -hmm. and you know, after when everybody tries to see what the government is going to do, what your elected officials are going to do, which many times is nothing, and the whole thoughts and prayers thing kicks in. Sure. My thoughts and prayers, my thoughts and prayers. Well, once that, you know, dissipates and disappears, um, I feel that this time around, I may be wrong, but something feels a little bit different in terms of the students. I think that's that's the key. Yeah. Is that it's not just, um, for lack of a word, putting, you know, grown-ups yes. attacking the problem. Um, it's 
kids who are old enough to to have an opinion and, and who are in the process of forming their you know their thoughts and, and how they right. want to live their lives. I mean, we're talking about high school seniors. You know, you're, yeah. you're eight, some of them are eighteen. They are adults. And so they're kind of taking the reins on this, and I think that's a huge difference. I think that's a huge difference as well. And I have to say that as much as everybody criticizes millennials, and we we God bless, we, I do. we've had our our little mentions here and there about millennials. I have to say that at least the the kids. Oh, I think these kids are millennials. Are not millennials. They're not millennials. I think they're the next uh, the next generation actually after millennials. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because you and I are technically on the brink, a cusp of yeah, being millennials, but, but not really. Not really We're millennials. Zillennials, I think is what they call us. But anyway, I, I have to give credit that the, the kids who come on the forefront of this and have been speaking to the media and been going on talk shows, I mean, these kids really know how to speak eloquently. And yep. I, I've actually been extremely impressed by that. So, you know, again, to the people who say, oh, these damn kids don't know what they're talking about, blah, blah, blah. It's like every Scooby Doo villain. <laughs> The professor turned stone. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Farmer. Um, But no, but they've done extremely, I mean, the points that they brought up are are just so well spoken and so well said. And and I really, I really think that the way they are holding these politicians to task and just like not taking any of the bullshit arguments um, that politicians are have given us, right? Uh, I think it's really worthy, and it, it's really. Um, I feel that that's what's different. Yeah, and we've seen. I mean, at least rumors. I don't know to what degree. You're, you're probably a little more well versed in this than I am. That there has been some. I don't want to say traction or buzz about maybe making some changes where I think you have to be 21 to be able yes. to get a gun and banning the what they call the bumps, the which bumps, is. Yeah. That's well, that's that thing that can essentially turn any any gun into like an automatic right. Rep weapon, right? Right. right. Um, so those are positive. I mean, again, whether something comes of it or not, but at right. least there's there's appears to be some type of discussion or, right. or logical right. proposals on the table. Well, I think because we're not going to go from 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 you know everybody has guns to nobody has guns. So well, that's, no, that's that, never that, that, but I'm saying that's unrealistic. But, but so, I think I think what. Again, going to back what we said first about how this feels different. I think how this feels different now in terms of other times that this has happened is the kind of grassroots mm-hmm. grassroots efforts that are being made now. That people are demanding change, but not so much from their their elected officials that insofar that they don't in the past elected officials have not one way or another come up to par to do anything and that's across to topics across topics yeah, because literally. you know obviously you have the people who say that there has to be more gun control and then you have the people that say no this is a mental health issue okay that's fine and dandy but what has anybody done for either right right so nothing has been done for either right either right. argument so I think that the fact that you know these kids are marching to Tallahassee and have marched to Washington mm-hmm. and have done in the past few weeks all these um, yeah. uh, walkouts. Yeah, this past Tuesday, when I was driving up, I had some friends in town from New York. Hey, Rick and Joe, they're on a train right now back. Um, we were driving up to a, a neighborhood up in Fort Lauderdale, Wilton Matters, and we drove by a high school mm-hmm. that was actually having a protest outside. Right, and the kids were out there with signs and, and right. making their voices heard. Right, and I think that that's the difference because if you look historically. At all the major uh, policy shifts that have occurred, at least in the United... Well, not only in the United States, across the world. Mm-hmm. It's been grassroots efforts. What started the civil rights uh, you know, right. movement were people getting together. People boycotting yeah. you know, the, the bus services the bus, right. in, in, in Montgomery, Alabama. People walking. People, you know, the... the the obviously the march on the, Washington, the march in Washington. Mm-hmm. what started the whole you know gay rights movement was stonewall was people yep. that's it we've had enough i mean really revolting right. and starting a so-called revolution right. which we're not advocating by the way no 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 no, woo, 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 woo. no nobody go out there and start a revolution and don't no but no because you know how this litigious world is they'll come back and they'll be like oh the podcast told me the podcast to go told you know to. throw a trash can on fire through right. this place yeah but but i but the the point I'm trying to make is that 
a lot of times historically when people have really wanted change they do it from a grassroots effort and mm -hmm. i think that this time around i may be wrong i think that this time around that's what kind of feels different here mm -hmm. is that kids have had enough and you know we talk about young you know people talk down to young people all the time but there is power in being a teenager and social media nowadays and, sure. and they have a power that they didn't have before so they also have more time than we do to go out and get things done because right. they don't have to show up for a full-time job so there, there's something there's something said to that so I, I i'd be curious to see though in terms of the the public what everybody out there really thinks in terms of the effect that the kids are having not so much of where you stand in the gun debate mm -hmm. but what effect these kids are having that would be an interesting topic and obviously you can leave us comments on our facebook and instagram pages <laughs> or drop us a line at our email you know why because i saw a meme uh the other day that said obviously this was more directed it was more criticism of you know manifest the manifestations mm -hmm. we've had now mm -hmm. and of um you know gun legislation right um oh kids these these darn millennials or these darn young kids now one day they're eating tide pods and oh, yeah. the other day they want to take away our guns <laughs> and it's like that's not what they're saying yeah, <laughs> but, I saw that one. yeah. but you know yeah. it's it's interesting you know to see what comes out of this if anything does come out of it well i think one of the biggest things to come out of it is that we are having a conversation about this yet again unfortunately but we are having a conversation i think that conversation could change which i think is a kind of segues me into the next thing I wanted us to, to sort of talk about, which is um, Mike Pence and the Olympics, uh, Winter Olympics skater Adam R Ripon? R Ripon? I don't remember. I don't know how to Ripon. say it. Ripon. Thank you. I always want to put like a Spanish accent on things. Ripon. I'm like, Ripon. Like, no, uh, dude. Uh, Chico, Adam Ripon. Adam Ripon. Yeah, no, not the name. And I'm... <laughs> um, Adam Rip, Rippon, Ribbon, Ripon, whatever his name is, the, the skater. I'm just going to refer to him by his the, S, skater. the skater. Um, he's actually, I think, won a medal uh, recently. I think mm -hmm. he came in. It was it bronze, a bronze, a bronze medal. Yes. medal. So congrats to you, sir. Uh, openly gay guy and has been very vocal about our vice president Mike Pence in the past. I think as many people are, and, and nobody would, you know, discredit uh, him for for being so, but. Initially, you know, he was blasting Mike Pence, and Mike Pence is just so anti, I think at this point, oxygen, um, that, you know, being anti-gay, and anti-gay, and anti-gay, and at one point, Mike Pence's, I guess his office, his people, I want to say mm -hmm. his people, but that's his, more a Hollywood term, right? His like, people. His people. Um, his, his office? His camp. His camp. Ooh, his camp. That sounds very, I love camp. Mm. Not, no, not the camp that you go to, like. Glitter camp, right? Well, not, not not a camp with okay. glitter, like glitter. Glitter the movie. Mariah Carey camp, right? Xanadu, right? There we camp. go. Camp, yeah. You know the type of camp you can't explain. You can't, but you know it when you see it. You, you know when you, you see it. Love it. I mean, if you if you find yourself watching these movies and you don't enjoy it, then you don't get camp, and we can't be friends. Um, so Mike Pence's uh, camp came back and said, like, hey, you know, you've been very vocal against me. I'd like for us to meet and have a chat. Initially. Um, the response was, no, I don't want to talk to you. I, don't, I, I have nothing to say to you, etc. But I think that's changed recently. There has been some, I don't want to say softening, but maybe, I don't know, maybe winning a medal change, puts you in a better right. mood. Um, he, has, he has come back and said, oh, I'd be open to having a phone call or a conversation. Right. Um, I'm very glad he did that. Mm -hmm. I'm very glad he did that because my biggest concern when, when we see these types of stories is, Everybody wants to have a conversation, but then nobody wants to actually talk to each other. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge issue for me. In addition, what that allows some people to do is then paint the party that they don't agree with as the aggressor. Mm -hmm. In this case, it would allow, you know, these fundamental fundamental Christi Christians or, you know, that, that, that side, the conservatives, alt-right, whatever you want to call them, to kind of point to, to this guy and say, like, oh, see, look. He tried to have a conversation, and he said he didn't want to. See, he doesn't want to hear what we right. have to say, but we have to hear what he has to right. say. And and I hate giving anybody that type of ammunition. Mm -hmm. And I and I think you know, tying it back to what I was saying, it's we have to continually have that dialogue open. The minute that we don't, I may not agree with what you're saying at all, mm -hmm. but okay, you want to sit down and chat with me? Let's go for it. Let's you know, and I'll tell you why I think you're an idiot, but mm -hmm. I'll do it in a very nice way, very diplomatic. Um, well, but what think, are your thoughts on? I, I think I think specifically, obviously, because and we're talking know, about this specific incident. I know through a lens, right? But 
obviously, you know, with things having to do with LGBTQ, ABCDEFG oh, issues. Um, Yo, don't get me started. It's... But, but things having to do with, with gay rights or gay issues versus the... Like I, I don't want to call, call it alt-right because alt-right is a very extreme, but conservative, you know, people that are conservative. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you know the the rights. The argument is usually a moral one or a religious one, and you can't and argue some whatever. Religious and and at that point in time, yeah. But the problem with Mike Pence is, so that's why initially when he refused to, mm-hmm. the problem with Mike Pence is that Mike Pence, obviously everybody knows was for conversion therapy. therapy. Correct. So it, it was and for those of you who don't know what conversion therapy is, it's essentially saying, "Oh, you like the penis and you have a penis, we can change that." And it involves shock therapy and we're going to go to camp. Yeah, we're it's it's a very different kind of camp. It's it's, it's not band camp. They don't watch Xanadu at that camp. No. You got to you get an electric shock if you like Xanadu no. at that camp. No, yes. no, no. Um yeah, no short shorts so, and skates. So, you know, I, I think that it's how extreme Mike Pence was. Mm-hmm. Because it wasn't someone who, let's say, somebody who didn't maybe agree on marriage equality mm-hmm. for religious reasons, but treated everybody well. But, right, right. Um, it wasn't somebody who was mildly, you know, uh, kind of... I get where you're coming from. It, it was a very hard... And, and not only did Mike Pence, was he for conversion therapy, he thought that... He, didn't he try to pass it in Indiana? Yes, he tried and, to make it law. And it only did not pass, basically, when a bunch of the businesses came right. back and started so, saying we were going to boycott the uh, listen, business. Listen, I, I agree with you. Show. I agree with you that there should be dialogue. Absolutely. There should be dialogue. And there's very rarely is there a situation where there shouldn't be dialogue. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I was him... I'd kind of throw up in my mouth a little bit to the uh, fact that I'm going to go speak to Mike Pence. And I'm not saying he had to go, you know, skipping down the lane like happy-go-lucky. I'm just saying, unfortunately, because we live in this in this era of hyper-optics, hyper I guess. Yes. Extreme points e- of view. Extreme points of view, and, it, and everything is under this microscope. You know, at what point does it become, I don't give a shit what other people think, right. versus... Damn it! Now I'm putting myself in a position where other people can use me as a unwitting pawn to further their own argument. Right. No, no, no. I agree. I agree. But I, I agree totally with that. But I, in this case, because I mean, he's pretty much saying, you know, Mike Pence. It's like if if Mike Pence told me that pretty much my existence was flawed, wrong. it's right. wrong. And my not only is, is my existence flawed and and wrong but he can convert me i i, I mean I, I i of course i'm going to be offended by that and i don't right. want to be in the same room with you but yes for the sake of progress if mm-hmm. you will right. of progress um i do agree that he should go and and have a conversation with him and i mean he's probably not going to change his mind and that's fine but it's again because of the optics that's yeah. where i'm coming from it's not about i guarantee you that mike pence isn't going to walk out of there and just be like Dag nabbit, I was wrong about everything. I'm just, I don't even think my Pence is Southern, but no, he's not. But you know, like, I'm just, that's just my ignorant yokel voice. Um, you know, I'm now, I love the gays. Let's go do a pride parade. I'm all resurrect Donna Summers. Like, you know, Donna Summer, no S. Um, and that, that's Donna not Summer, it, why Donna Summer? Why not Donna Summer? Of all the gay icons, you could. Resurrect she's actually, she's actually a flawed gay icon, too. Because toward the end of her life, she was born again. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. And so yeah, so she's got a little she's got a little bit of a complicated history there with the with the homosexuals. Actually, you know what? That brings up a good topic. Now okay, I love when I love when I bring up good topics. And so a few weeks ago, uh, oh my God, his name is the minister that just died. Um, anyway, so a couple of weeks ago, um, Billy Graham died. He was ninety nine. Oh, okay. Okay. So obviously, you know Billy Graham, and yes. I feel that especially as kids of the 80s i feel billy graham was so well i feel for some reason tbn was a very oddly large part of our lives <laughs> we were not religious at all why, like i mean why did i watch jan so much we yeah seriously benny hinn jan jim and tammy faye like i i, I don't know if it's just because we only had six at, uh, channels I, I on know. tv but, but i feel it was very big in the 80s but anyway so he died this year at 99 
And obviously, he's somebody who is beloved by millions and millions of people across the globe. He and reviled by others. He met with 12 presidents, including Obama. Oh. Um, he, he was advisor to many presidents. And um, one of the things that he did, which I, I certainly agree with, is that he kind of presented the gospel in a positive and loving way. It wasn't you know, a judgmental and damning way. Mm-hmm. Kind of how um, this guy does it. Um, the young guy. Hey, um, oh my god, Anthony Robbins. Um, I was gonna say Tim Robbins. Um, um, <laughs> his wife is Victoria. Um, Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. Joel Osteen. Oh my gosh, I couldn't remember his name. If you watch Joel Osteen, right. Joel Osteen gives very positive messages. Right. I mean, obviously they're directed from the gospel, but they're very positive it's messages. Presentation. You know, you when you finish watching his telecast, you are ready to take on your Sunday. So Billy Graham was kind of that way. He even brought in because he, he was Christian, but he mm-hmm. brought, even brought in Catholics to the realm, okay. um, and he, he kind of gave uh, a more positive. Message. It wasn't fire and brimstone. Exactly. Of God's Correct. love. Correct. And it wasn't so much of God's wrath. Okay. Which got up it. to that point, a so lot of we ministers got, right? were. So a lot of people really respect him for that. Okay. So I, this is my question to you and in the large part for our okay. listeners. Okay. So we, this is what he did that we kind of can celebrate. That's what he's known for. What he's Correct. known for and we can celebrate. Correct. But at the same time, he was anti-Semitic and he... There is um, recordings of him making very anti-Semitic um, comments mm-hmm. to Richard Nixon. There is actual audio, which he later, later did apologize. He also said that AIDS was God's punishment on gays. And obviously he made other statements mm-hmm. about you know gays. And so, so, so there were certainly a lot of things that he said that were kind of like, wow. So, I guess the bigger question is his legacy. Mm-hmm. How do we look at his legacy? I mean, obviously, a lot of people are going to look at it as something well. Do we look at these people as martyrs that had some f- good guys that were had some flaws, or do we just completely just well, nobody's perfect. I think well, that's 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 a given. I think do we weigh it, it out like okay, these are the great yes. things that he did, but despite all the great things that he did, and he said. He also said this. Right. And, and I think that's actually how we have to approach it. I think... Let's go ahead and use two extreme examples, right? Like, okay, you've got Billy Graham, who... Okay, I don't know enough about Billy Graham to that degree to, to defend him. But based on what you're saying, you know, he he tried to put the positive spin on on, on Christianity and mm-hmm. not fire brimstone, you are going to hell. But he did say some pretty hurtful and damning things, mm-hmm. right? So how much, you know, I guess it depends on where you, where you come down on what side of that you come down on because if you are somebody who you know who was a gay man in the 80s who lost hundreds upon hundreds of your right, friends, of friends to the AIDS I mean there's an entire and there's this whole there's this whole thing being said where it's like we've essentially lost an entire generation of gay men which is why we're seeing this interesting dynamic now with how gay men are aging because we we lost the a older a whole group a whole generation mm-hmm. And so if you're somebody who lived through that and is now looking back on that, I guarantee you, and rightfully so, your opinion of this person is, is going not to gonna be, be very, very, it's not going to be very positive. Yeah. Like, I don't care if they cured cancer. Your opinion is not going to be, you know, on that side. But if you're somebody who never experienced that and who maybe you were a drug addict mm-hmm. who, you know, part, I know part of AA is, is accepting God into your life and things like that, maybe his message helped you turn your life around. Mm-hmm. And so you can look at those types of things and kind of say, yes, I understand they were wrong. I'm not saying that what he said was correct, but mm-hmm. because of my following of this angle of, of what his teachings were, my life was turned around. You so know? you think that somebody can be, I don't want to use the word martyr, but somebody can be idolized, um, but despite certain flaws. I think it is, and I think it just even if these because I mean these are big flaws. They're huge flaws, sure. but I think it's it's based on what you yourself are bringing to the table when okay. you when you look at somebody. Okay. I, I don't think it's and I, I mean I realize that right now I've used two extreme examples right. of like I was an alcoholic about to die and your ministry saved my life. Well, no, because I mean or I, you know I, I suffered this in this, my, this my problem crisis. with reconciling him is that I could certainly see all the good that he did. 
Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, and as you said, there's a lot of a lot of people that will will say and testify that he did great things that he changed their life. But I just have a really hard problem with you know him making anti-Semitic remarks. Uh, because again, whether it's anti-Semitic remarks or remarks against gays, you're making a whole you're making a whole statement on a whole group of people. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. While you know that you have people that listen to your every word mm-hmm. and follow you. So you need to be very discretionary in what you say because with with power and fame and and, ooh, and a following ooh, comes it's, responsibility. It's Spider-Man with great with great power comes great responsibility. Okay, well, there we go. <laughs> well, no, 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 I just thought Toby Maguire. <laughs> well, you've got you've got three to choose from. I see. Hey, hey, pick one. Oh, no, you mean there's not four because you know they keep, Spider-Man keeps changing. No, no, no. There's three. It's Toby Maguire, mm-hmm. uh, the Andrew Garfield. Mm-hmm. And the new kid, who I can't remember. The his new name kid. Right now. If you can't remember the new kid, I know, name. but I know he played Billy Elliot. Okay. In the movie. So right. So with what Spider Man says, <laughs> you know, there comes you just a- made it sound like a Jewish last name. What you said, Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man says. You know, more Spider Man. What Spider Man said. Um. Yeah, there comes a great responsibility because you need to be very careful with your words. Right. Um. Because you're you're basically making statements about whole groups of people that other people are going to may act upon and I think there's a, there's something to be said also I mean he was he died he was 99 yes I don't know to what degree he was on social media I think <laughs> had he been let's be honest you know after a certain age maybe you're not on the Está Billy Grump on Twitter. no o sea, I, I don't think he's you know using the snapchat filter to turn into a little dog and like you know today's word of the lord and the tongue falls out of his mouth um but maybe that also has something to do with how people will remember him specifically because we're talking about somebody who essentially existed I mean we, we touched on it a little bit with you know there was like five channels at the mm-hmm. time there was I mean at the height of his of his power yeah. or his, his popularity his popularity we were very limited in, in there was a lot of media yes but it was very limited in terms of we weren't on a 24 hour news cycle we weren't always on social media we weren't you know what I mean so I think maybe somebody nowadays who tries to who is in that same position, like whatever the modern day Billy Graham will be, who comes mm-hmm. out and does all these great things, but also has this dark side, um, will not, people won't look back on him or her the same way. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you know, you've got recordings. There's yep. something to point back to, like physically, it's like, no, yo, like 10 minutes ago, I right. said this. Right. And he, I mean, I know he apologized for the anti-Semitic mar- remarks. I don't know if he ever followed up on, on the gay remarks, mm-hmm. but regardless, I mean, I guess everybody everybody has faults, and everybody no legacy is untarnished. Right. I certainly I certainly think it does not take away for what he did. Right, right. That that's my thing. It certainly doesn't take away for what he did, but it is for me. Um, it is kind of hard to reconcile one or the other. Right. So, and for the record, God's punishment to the gays was not AIDS. It's chocolate covered strawberries at brunch. <laughs> it's a fruit, but it's fattening. Oh God! But it's next to unlimited mimosas. Oh, sh- that proves God is vengeful. Hush. Moving right along. <laughs> what, what, what's what's next on the agenda? Um, so I, uh, you actually mentioned something, and I have absolutely no clue where we're going with this one. There's something happening with uh, our favorite Oscar winner, Monique. Oh yeah, Monique está que hecha chispa, coño. Oye, I mean, para que, 
Okay. For her to try chifa. And what I love about Monique is that it doesn't matter how mad she is. She's always like, I love my brother, my <laughs> sister. And I love that, you know, she, her husband is her manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And they have and, a complicated relationship to say the least. Well, and then here they are talking about these like very um, serious subject matters. And she's like, daddy. She calls him daddy. She calls him daddy. She calls him daddy. Okay, and it's, let's take a moment for this though, because that's a very that, that's a very Hispanic thing too. Like, where do you come down on the whole like mommy poppy thing? Oh, that's so complicated for me because it's complicated <laughs> in my personal household. Well, because I call my mom, uh-huh. my dad, mama and papa, right? But my two cousins uh-huh. call my mom and my dad mommy and papi. No, I don't mean in terms of calling your parents that. Oh, oh, you mean your significant other? I mean other? your significant other. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. you know, how you walk on the street, you're, you're like, well, you're, you're talking like, to the person. You're not mommy. You're talking. See, you and I are very different there because you're talking to the person that like the hair in my back, like shrivels up and like oh when i hear people say baby and babe and it's like oh my god that person has a name why are you saying babe you are the number one offender i am i am as you have said many times i am a baber i am a total baber i will i'm like babe i can't can't. babe actually and you know what i actually don't mind the the poppy thing if it's in the right context you know, like if somebody's like if you're walking down the street, I'm wearing my Mira, tank let me, top, let me, let me and somebody's just like, you know, la my, is like, when biggest, you want rico, my like, aversion to papi is so bad, okay, <laughs> that there have been times that I hear I have been underwear shopping at Marshalls and whatever, a bunch of you underwear shop at Marshalls. I don't care what you think, but I am not paying twenty five dollars <laughs> for Ralph Lauren or two exist underwear for one for, for one, one pair. I'm underwear pair. shopping at Marshalls, and there's you know a pair of you know underwear that I think are nice. And they're Bobby brand. I'm like, oh hell no! I'm like, oh hell no! Actually, if you're looking for a bargain on underwear, there's this website called CheapUndies.com. No, but they always have different sales. Every they um, have uh, it's reduced shipping, but I paid like two ninety nine for underwear there. And you know what? So take this as a as a a freebie. (laughs) CheapUndies.com. Hey, maybe they could be our first sponsor. I'm, I'm down so, for it. Yeah, so you're talking to the guy that even the poppy underwear. I'm like, oh, this is a nice pair of underwear. I'm like, oh, hell no. I, I just, I can't move past the poppy. And it's, I, it's I, right I there on the waistband, too. And now so, I just yeah. thought of that, uh, what was it? Jennifer Jennifer Lopez mm, song? No, no. The, <laughs> the one from the 80s. Eh, papi, put on your hat. <laughs> uh, ponte sombrero. Ponte sombrero. Okay. Okay, we have to give a little bit of context yes, to that song. I promise we're going to get back to Monique. Oh, well, we will get back to Monique. Um... But this is our first major tangent of this episode, so what, whatever, we're entitled. Sit tight. So in the late 80s, early 90s... That sounds right. Right? Uh, it, going back to the AIDS crisis, in the middle of the AIDS crisis, where everything was about... Red Ribbon. Uh, the Red Ribbon was about AIDS awareness. Safe sex. There was a... Um, what was the name of the band? I can't even tell you who sang it. it was I, like I genuinely a, don't know it who was, sang it. Were they a Cuban or Puerto Rican or Dominican? Uh, they were one of the three. <laughs> I mean, yeah, pick one. It's, it's, they were one of our, our trio. Um, they were like a salsa. They were from Miami. They were, were from. Were they? I mean, anyway, they were like a salsa group of these women, and they had this song. The name of the group was Miami Band. Miami Band. Well, and it's from 1992. Okay. And the name of the song is Ponte el, el sombrero. sombrero. Right. So it was like L- kind of this. Literal translation is. Put on, on your, your hat. hat, and it was it was kind of this AIDS awareness, like <laughs> put on your condom, but we're gonna say put on your hat because and, sombrero is slang, right? The literal the translation in English, in Spanish, I mean, is ponte el sombrero. So remember, you used to go pon, pon, ponte el sombrero, papi, put on your hat, and bad in the thickest accent, accent you could ever hear. But 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 the great thing about this song is that they were dancing this song in the clubs. This song was like a but, major hit. Okay, but you know what? It's about reaching your audience at that point of purchase. Why can't we celebrate AIDS awareness at the club? But that's where you're gonna get. That's where you you're know, gonna find the person you're gonna get laid. You with know that you went to Estrellitas Kingses in the early '90s, <laughs> and you know the part where everybody danced. They danced to Ponte Sombrero, and then it was probably followed up with a baile de perrito. Okay. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which, El Baile de Perrito was so raunchy, you probably should have put on your hat before you did it. Bueno, we want to talk about uh, raunchy bailes. We can't forget, um, llorando se fue el que, eh, la lambada, la, la oh, lambada, the forbidden dance. I yes. mean, come on. I mean, well, we can't talk about it. It's forbidden. Well, it's, 
But those of you who know the Lombata, actually, you know what? Now that we're talking about the Lombata, here's a little funny antidote. I remember that in 1991, 1990, 1991, okay. we went to Lo Quince de Marilin, which were in the German social club there on Miller. Okay. It was a big deal. It was okay. a big, big, big deal. Her parents were marimberos. They had a lot of money to spend on the 15th. Marimberos are... A, <laughs> they're not musicians. They're, they're they're related to the drug trade here in Miami in the 80s. <laughs> anyway, so around. it was her sweet 15s, and there was this whole elaborate choreography. She came out... I'll never forget this. Never. I was like 13... No, no, no. I was like 11 years old. Okay. She came out of this huge like flower to the theme of The Young and the Restless. <laughs> So it's very dramatic. Yes, it's very dramatic. It's very dramatic. Oh, I love that song. Anyway, I remember that they played the lambada, you know, the where everybody was right, dancing. Right. And I remember that, you know, maybe you used to see this too. That one couple who that, knew who knew how to dance right, lambada right. like well, right. and everybody would be looking at them and be like, "Mira para eso, mira para eso, qué indecencia, Dios mío." Pero nobody would stop watching. But nobody would stop watching. Nobody would stop watching. Nobody would stop watching. Nobody would stop watching. Pero mira esa muchacha. So <laughs> anyway, well, that's and that's, that, and that's probably how people also felt they wouldn't stop watching. Um, you know, Precious based on Push by the no- on the novel Push by Sapphire, Fire. which starred Monique, and that brings us back to <laughs> that brings us back. back. To, this would, you know what? Okay, before we start talking about Monique, <laughs> we've gone how far are we into this podcast? Uh, about thirty, almost thirty-five minutes. We haven't brought up Pia Zadora. That's true. You know what? Pia Zadora. Because you know why I thought about Pia Zadora? Because I thought when you said Oscar, I thought, okay, Oscar, Golden Globes. Right. Golden Globes, Pia Zadora. Pia Zadora. So that, that's our Pia Zadora shout out of the day. For the episode, yes. So for those of you who still don't know who Pia Zadora is, other than Google, Googling her, go watch Butterfly, which is available on YouTube movies, by the way. She's also, I think, in uh, Naked Gun 33 and a third. Oh, well, there we go. I think she's, yeah. I think she's in that. And that is our Pia Zadora moment of the, moment of the episode. Day. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <Ta-da-da-da>. <laughs> That's Pia. <laughs> Man, if we don't get Pia Zadora on this podcast eventually, and, and if we ever get Pia, I'm going on the record right now. If we ever get Pia Zadora on this podcast, I'm going to do research. Like, I'm going to sit down and, and from the moment she was a child star to That's now. Right. That's right, because she was in um, Santa Santa Meets the Martians. Yes. She was in I'm going to bring it all up. I'm going I'm, I'm going to Barbara Walters that interview. Anyway, back to, back to Monique, Monique. Uh, which is our topic right now. No one has ever segued from Piazzadora to Monique before today. Well, there's nobody has time for everything. <laughs> We're pioneers, baby. <laughs> so, Monique, um, Monique, a couple of months ago, or I think it was like in January or something, yeah. she came out with a pretty bold statement. Okay. Okay. She wanted people to boycott Netflix for gender and racial bias. Okay. And under what? And I'm going to explain context. the following. Okay. So I want to hear, when I first tell you this, I want to hear your thoughts on it because I'm sure a lot of people out there probably thought about it too because she, you know, Monique has taken on the establishment several times. Correct. She took on Oprah Winfrey. Right. She took on Lee Daniels. The only person to win against Oprah has been bred. So I, don't, <laughs> I don't know if she won against Oprah, but yeah. Um, so the reason she was claiming gender... And racial bias okay. was because Netflix offered her five hundred thousand okay. dollars for a special, and they a were stand-up gonna, special. Yes, and they were going to con- it was going to be like a two-year contract. Okay. For, for so for two years, they were going to pay her um, five hundred thousand dollars, and she okay. was going to do different specials. A development deal, essentially. I don't know if it was. A, I don't know if it was to develop it into something else, but she it was for two years, and she was supposed to do a, a special and do okay. other things for her. So. The problem here comes the problem. Netflix had offered David uh, Chappelle and Chris Rock Mm -hmm. a similar deal, but for about $16 million. Damn. And they had offered Amy Schumer Mm -hmm. a similar deal for like $11 to $12 million. Okay. Okay. So Monique starts screaming. For $500,000. For $500,000. Okay. So Monique goes on the deep end and starts saying how this is like. Uh, racist and this is you know uh, it's again gender and racial bias now I before we you, you know I hear okay. your thoughts on the Monique and saga you, you know but I have thoughts I've got thoughts uh-huh. Monique went 
on The Breakfast Club, okay, which, which a little shout out to The Breakfast Club, because, you know, I don't do Z100 morning oh, Elvis Duran. I don't do that. I like my DJ Envy, Angelie, <laughs> and Charlemagne the God. That's what I'm into, and I love my Breakfast Club. Anyway, she was on The Breakfast Club okay. a, couple, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And you know Char- Charlemagne the God, right? Yes, yes, yes. Charlemagne the God is... I love Charlemagne. Because Charlemagne... It's not that he sets out to be an asshole, but he asks what everybody is thinking. Right. And right. he has no... There's no op- filter. There's no filter, and he has right. he's not apologetic of, right. about it. He asks you what everybody wants to hear. So... She went on there, you know, saying this whole thing, how she was blackballed when she did Precious mm-hmm. because Lee Daniels. And then after that, with Lee Daniels and all these people didn't want to... You know, she stood up for people, allegedly, during Precious. And then as a result, they blackballed her, and that's why she didn't get another deal. Okay. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And that, you know, why are they paying Amy Schumer so much money? And why are they paying Chappelle, uh, so much, David Chappelle, so much money? Right. And Chris Rock, if she's a legend... You know, she's a legend, which she is. I think Bonica is hilarious. I think she's hilarious. I don't know if I'd use the word legend. I, but, I, but I use that well, word very sparingly they, they overall. Were, they were saying she was a legend. And in a lot of these comedy kind of lists or mm-hmm. when they talk about... Well, she's absolutely best, up there. She's up there, especially a, a black, among black, black comedians. Right. Especially about, among black, black women. women. Correct. So it's like even more niche. niche. Right. Um, I, I do think she's hilarious. I, oh, I, I, I love I her. Agree. And I think that in Precious, she deserved that Oscar because she... Se la comió. Se la comió. I mean, like, she I mean, was incredible yeah, yeah. in that movie. Especially with the scene with Mariah. I love the scene with Mariah. But that's my Mariah mention of the day. Anyway, um, so Charlemagne tells her, then and there, he's like, oh, it's very simple. Like, oh, right. It's very simple, um, Monique. The reason why is because you can't fill up a stadium. You can't sell out Madison Square Garden. And he's like, look, I don't like Amy Schumer. I think she's really, I don't think she's funny at all. But that bitch can fill up Madison yeah. Square Garden, you know, for like an entire week. Uh, David Chappelle has done like right. 1,500 sold out shows. So he's like, you know what? This is not about race. This is not about, uh, it's, you know. It's business. It's, it's, it, that's exactly it's what business. it was. And then she got really heated because both Charlemagne, Envy, and uh, Angela Lee, they, they, were, they all agreed. They're like, listen, this is business. You have not pulled in those numbers that those people are. It doesn't matter how legendary you are. Right. It's a matter of who you're pulling in. So I I think you've said it. You've hit the nail on the head. I don't th- I mean, look, I'm not going to sit here and say like, no, Netflix is is, mm-hmm. you know, the the Shangri-La. You know, I think you can take a look at their programming and make the argument that they are not gender discriminatory or racial discriminatory mm-hmm. I mean they've they've done various you know the, uh, our last episode we talked about one day at a time mm-hmm. uh, you know the get down uh, they have this other show I think called uh, Stepsisters mm-hmm. with, there's you know I mean there, there's a lot there's Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt which is not just female starring but female you know created and fronted so I mean mm-hmm. I, and, and even just what you were saying about the amount of money that they're paying you know these two black men so I, I and, and then you know Amy Schumer is a woman I don't think there's Based on what I'm seeing, I don't necessarily think it's a race-gender situation. Mm-hmm. And especially if she's going to stand up there and and point to, oh, it's gender discrimination. Well, no, but they gave Amy Schumer this. Amy Schumer's hot right now. That's right. just the reality of it. Maybe in four years, Amy Schumer can't even get them to give her, you know, a token at Chuck E. Cheese. But... Right now, she's the big she's thing. She's hot. And so they're going to pay her what, whatever you're asking for because she's going to bring in the viewers. Yeah. Chris Rock and, and Chappelle haven't done a stand-up for a while, but they're hot. They're, they, like you said, they filled these stadiums. So what does that translate into? Dude, Chappelle hasn't been in this public eye for a while. People are going to be curious. Mm-hmm. They're going to flock to Well, because her, to her whole argument so was they can hold out for that money. She, she has a resume, right? And she does have so a resume. Why? What's your point? She has a resume. You know, she's considered a legend. These Because she says that in the negotiations with um, Netflix, mm-hmm. they said, oh, we don't look at resume. And she's like, well, you're looking at their resume. And I think she kind of was missing the point that, um, again, it's about money. Because you know what she did? She kept... But they're not looking at the resume to say like, oh, you've done 20 things they've done for. Right, but, but when somebody... This is why her argument is flawed. Because when she would say... When, they, when, when you counter her with like, yes, but as you said, Amy Schumer is hot right now. Whether you like her or not, right. she's, she's hot, hot right, right now. now. Uh, Dave Chappelle and Chris Rock can also fill up these right. these stadiums. She kept referencing 
which which are more you know the, those stats are more recent. She also she kept reference, referencing the movie she did. Did you know the Christmas movie she did? Almost Christmas. Yes. yes okay. Yes. That movie did very well. She's like, oh, that movie had a budget of like fifteen million. But that was not a Monique movie. It, exactly. That, that was, was an ensemble, ensemble cast. cast. Exactly. So she didn't lead that movie. Right. If that movie, because she's like, oh, that movie, the production cost was like twelve million and it made. 45 million. That's okay, fantastic. that could have been something that you could have leveraged on if you were the right. star of that movie. But that it wasn't your movie. But it wasn't. It was an ensemble cast. Yeah. Completely ensemble cast. Yeah. So, I mean, I like her very much. I think she's hilarious. But Monique, I I was not, not there with you. Oh, and, and in the interview, if you guys want to laugh, actually watch the interview on... It's from The Breakfast Club. Um... Charlemagne was not holding back because Charlemagne He's usually has, so subdued, really. Because he has a segment in the show where he calls out the donkey of the day. And <laughs> he has previously called her out the donkey On of this. the day for that reason. Okay. So she kept calling him by his name, Lamar. <laughs> Lenard, Lenard. Lenard. You know, Lenard, honey, you're my brother, but you got to know your facts. And he's like, I do know my facts. You can't sell out Madison Square Garden. That's, that's a fact. <laughs> And discussion. <laughs> I, I just think it's you know, and I'm not taking away from her talent or, or, or her ability to to draw in an audience. Yeah. It's just it's a, it's a numbers thing, and it's it's almost like showing up. If I was to show up right now and you know, looking for a job, I've only been doing this for three years, and I haven't don't really have much experience. But I want to make you know 150 thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. No, you have, you know you haven't proven yourself as an asset to the business mm-hmm. in the way that we're conducting it. Yeah. And that's that's just I think where we come down on, on that. I one. mean, I don't she. Think to be I, 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 I think she. I don't see how she missed that mark because she's that, blinded. That, she's, she's seeing only her. Oh, her so in, in this interview with in the Breakfast Club, her husband was there but via phone, and you know he kept throwing stats and like you know different right. things he because he was negotiating the deal with Netflix, and she's like, "Daddy, Daddy, you know what happened? You know, tell them what happened." And it's like so awkward because. <laughs> It was really weird. But, you know, that that's like saying, that's like putting, and go with me here, Aretha right. Franklin and Selena Gomez. Aretha Franklin. Wow. No, that, that is a Aretha hell of a Franklin is one of the greatest singers of all time. She can even sing opera. is a legend. Selena Gomez is Selena Gomez. You know, no hate towards Selena Gomez. Wizard of the Waverly Place. Great Disney show. Um... Who could probably fill out Madison Square Garden nowadays? Right now, Selena. Selena Gomez. Yeah, it's it's just a matter of. It's not a matter of talent. It, it's, it's not a matter, matter of anything. And, other and, than... and I think nobody would say that Aretha Franklin is not a legend and she's not the greatest. But you know, Aretha Franklin has an older fan base. You know, she's not in the popular peak of her, peak of her mm-hmm. popularity. She's not in the cusp of popular culture. You know, she probably can sell out Madison Square Garden, but Selena Gomez can. That's you know, true. so however. Do not ever, ever say that Aretha Franklin was Whitney Houston's godmother. Oh. Because your fax machine will go off somewhere. What, was, dark, that, what, was, that what was that all about? What was that all about? I forgot who was it that said that she was a god. I think it was, was it Gladys Knight? No, who's her? Dionne Warwick. Uh-huh. It said something that like Aretha was Whitney's godmother. And like I think six years after Whitney died, the New York Times got a fax from Aretha Franklin going into a whole diatribe about why, you know, she was not her godmother and why she wasn't there and this, that, and the other. And all I could think about is, like, the bustling offices of the New York Times and all of a sudden you just hear that, like, and everybody just kind of going, the fuck is that noise? And looking around, trying to figure it out. It's like, we just got a fax from Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin about Whitney's death, which was like six years ago. Like that's my favorite part of the whole story. Yeah. This is like that one person, like that intern, who's just like, "Oh, can you go see what that noise is?" And they come back and they're like, "It's a fax from, from Aretha, Aretha Franklin. Franklin about Whitney Houston not being her goddaughter." I think it's great that she <laughs> like, faxed it. That's, that's not some favorite part. Like I'm picturing Aretha Franklin like walking into like a Kinko's with a fur coat <laughs> and just like, "Honey, can you fax this for me?" Exactly. Well, that's not very Mariah. <laughs> no, that wouldn't. Honey, can you fax that for me? Thanks, Lynn. You got a little mail here. You got a little mail here. That's the best. Yeah, that's definitely the best part of it. Her faxing. You know, it couldn't be her rep. No, it, it could be a phone call. An email. It was. Faxed. It was faxed. It was. Faxed. I wonder if it was signed. I feel like Aretha signs everything. Yeah, you think I, so? I feel like she's she probably. She's Is that before or after she's eating her Snickers? I feel like during. During. And I feel like her 
her, her A, the first A, is really large. Mm. But then the last A at the end is almost as big so that it kind of looks like two wheels. Mm. Oh, okay, that's, one how, of that's how I picture her. her Dios mío. Bueno, are we ready for the last Coke of the Desert? Yes, we are. Um, I don't know. I have mine. I don't know if you have yours or if you want to go first. I, I have mine. You want to go first? first? Let's do that. So my Bye. first Coke of the Desert, um, uh, you know what? I'm going to give it to just the kids who are doing this whole, you know, the, the march for you know change and for to stop gun violence marching does bring up a thirst yeah it does <laughs> our last they really need that they last need coke. that last go they need they need that hydration but no but the fact yeah, but to, I, to see that um at least for this generation that you know young people have taken a, a real significant stance against something which is very very relevant and something that um really needs some looking into and i think that no matter where you are on the gun debate mm -hmm. i think you would agree that something needs to be done and the fact that these kids have like head-on uh, taken this matter with no apologies and really demanded a lot of our elected officials who mm -hmm. we could have a whole other podcast on how Seriously. why we're so disappointed with our elected officials um usually the comptroller uh, I, I think that they they really deserve some acknowledgement for that. So my coax to you, the yeah. youth of America. Oh wow, that actually sounds like a coax slogan. <laughs> <laughs> my coax for you, the youth, youth of, of America. America. No, that sounds okay. It sounds Pepsi like. Okay. but before you you before you get to your coax, okay, okay. I want to give our viewer our listeners a little treat. Ooh. Okay, I want everybody to go to YouTube. And trust me, if you see this, you're going to love it, and you're going to thank me, and you can thank me by emailing us at... PeroLemiPodcast at gmail.com. Eso mismo. Go to YouTube and look up Sizzler 90s Commercial. You won't regret it. So there's this like five minute, five to six minute video uh -huh. that it's supposed to be a promotional video okay. in, from the early 1990s of... Um, for like potential uh, people who are interested in the franchise. Oh, okay, Sizzler. okay, like recruitment video type, kind of sort of. Okay, right. It wasn't a commercial. Okay, you have to see this video because not only is it totally like early nineties, like kitschy, like or campy, right. campy. Um, Today's word is. It's all about like eating at Sizzler makes you patriotic. <laughs> I guess the Monte Cristo can do that. <laughs> It's great. And, 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 to our listeners, once you see the video, read the comments. I generally don't read YouTube comments, no, but, okay, but this okay, one is yeah. too good not to pass on. It's all about being American and eating a Sizzler, so... Oh, so wait, since we don't have Sizzlers anymore, does that mean we're no longer as American as we used to be? Well, at least not Miami. Well, we have Sizzler, Sizzlers in Orlando. Okay, so once you Close go enough. see Mickey Mouse, you... you Close enough. You could, have, you could have your Sizzler, your all-you-can-eat shrimp, oh. and... Um, and cheese bread, cheese yeah, toast. We going love cheese toast. Yeah, so I'm getting hungry. Um, so my my last soda of the desert actually goes to someone whose name I don't know. Um, a couple weeks back, myself, uh, my boyfriend Jose, and our friend Manny, we were at this local event called Wigwood, which it's essentially it's a celebration of like of, of drag and gender bending and queer culture, whatever. And so it was an event that was outside on a Sunday by a pool in a boutique hotel. And so we go there, we're just sitting around having drinks, the drag queens are doing their thing, what have you. And about maybe an hour and a half, two hours into it, there's this elderly lady who you clearly could tell was not there for the Wigwood event, mm -hmm. um, with her walker in her bathing suit coming from the pool area, and she's walking towards our area, and she just genuinely just stops in front of us. And I was just like, ah, you have to walk away, I don't know. And so, you know, she very politely in what I overheard from, I mean, it was very noisy because of the music. She had a, very, a British accent or it sounded European, vaguely European, maybe British. And started asking questions, you know, like, well, what is this event and what is this about? And, and what is, you know, and, and I don't really know many gay people. And, you know, and she just kind of just started asking questions, very respectful and always with, you know, just open-ended, not judgmental. And at the end of all of this, you know, before she left, and, and I'm here, I was there being like, you know, the representative, like I should have freaking wrapped myself in a damn pride flag. Um, before she left, you know, she said something to the effect of, you know, thank you so much for answering my questions. I'm sorry if it sounded rude or mm -hmm. 
or if this was bothersome to you. And what I replied to her was actually, um, actually thanked her. I said, no, actually, quite the contrary. I thank you for not just dismissing and rolling your eyes and Mm -hmm. and just like, ugh, and walking away, but rather picking someone, anyone. I've been dismissed, yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. to actually ask questions and and expand your understanding of things you don't understand. And the fact, I mean, this woman was like in her 70s. Yeah. You know, somebody at her age, you know, again, she was in a walker, so she was probably tired because she didn't sit down. Um, taking the moment to actually ask those questions and have that conversation, I, I thanked her for that, and I really I told her no, no irony or no cynicism. You know, if more people did that, mm-hmm. we'd probably be in a much better place across That's the world. Great. So I want to give her the last soda of the desert. I um, have two things to say about your last soda of the for desert. Be, for being so <clears throat> number one, I don't okay. know when we do our promos for this episode how I'm going to put that in my little collage. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm gonna have to put a question mark with a soda can. Put put it with a walker. Okay, Just put a picture of a walker. And right, right, that right. was a nice tie to what we were talking about earlier about dialogue and discourse. Yeah. And and I have to say that's a nice uh, coke to end it on because at the end of the day, really, what we're trying to do with our podcast is dialogue and discourse. Yeah, we just want to talk, and you know, eventually, I think our goal is to you know maybe have some people on, you know, who are in other areas and listen. And eventually, our goal is to have a talk show on a major cable network. Listen, eventually, my goal is to be on Dancing with the Stars. Okay, mine would not be to be on Dancing with the Stars. You know, you would probably be chosen before me. Yeah, probably because I want it more. <laughs> And probably the first dance on the first week is going to be the freaking salsa. And it'll be like... The jive. The jive. The jive. I could see you totally just being like, the jive! What's the other one that's really hard? The samba? Oh, the samba. Constant rolling rolling of the hips. I'm going to be like, oh my god, I can't can't do that. The paso doble or the tango, I will... Yeah, charge could, that on. That. I could even see you maybe doing like jazz, you know, the jazz or the disco or whatever. But be like freaking oh, the samba, yeah, the samba. But you know what? If I get pita, I'm okay. <laughs> That's true. <gasps> maybe, maybe this will happen. Maybe you'll be on, and maybe that same season will be Pia Zadora. <laughs> <laughs> and that we can end our episode in a better way than that. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Right here, right now. <laughs> Let's make a campaign to get Pia Zadora on Dancing yes! with the Stars. Okay, that's what... Yes, okay. Listeners, listeners, okay. So I think this means that we're going to have to start talking about Pia Zadora and like, actually delve a little more into her sooner than later. Let's start this campaign. Okay, we're going to start this. This is our new goal in life. Pia 2018 yes. on DWTS. Yes, we're doing it. We're starting the grassroots campaign. Yes. Made up. Pia, Pia no, no, 2018 no, no. Yeah, on, yeah. on DWTS.org. Yeah? No, no, no. Está hecho. We're starting this. <laughs> this is happening. These people out there that are listening to this have no idea who Pia Zadora is. They're probably like, Que esto no buena? Or talking about Pia Zadora. <laughs> Here we are, five episodes in, and we have mentioned Pia Zadora in each episode. Anyway, on that note. <laughs> for listening to episode five um, thank you so much for, for listening to us yes. and, and please do listen to us um, on if you listen to us on iTunes please leave reviews uh, and, please. and mostly just obviously we want to see reviews but the more reviews you leave the the higher it helps us get on the charts when people search for podcasts right. and it allows us to to expose to really expose more people to Pia Zadora and get her on Dancing with the Stars and get ourselves on Dancing, and get ourselves on Dancing with the Stars as well um, so you can find us on Facebook on Instagram I think by now you all know how to find us but yeah yeah, please feel free to leave us reviews because it uh, it just helps us. Or that be on the amazing race or some shit like that. But anyway, anyway, everybody, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, bye bye. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF podcast and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.